Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to continue our study in this book. I want to encourage you, if you don't attend on Wednesday, we're going through the book of 1 Peter. And uh, we would love to have you come right here in the auditorium at 7 o'clock. We have WANA for children, youth group for our teenagers, nurseries provided. And so there's something for everyone in the family. And uh, we're going through and having a great study in the book of 1 Peter. But here on Sunday morning, we, uh, I was in First Thessalonians last week, and I'm going to be again in chapter number two of this book this week. I want you praying, if you would please, as well, for this upcoming weekend. Two, two big weekends coming up. This coming weekend is our marriage retreat, and uh, we have a good number of families that will be uh, there. And um, also the following week... I want to encourage you if you uh, would be praying about the wellness weekend. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, young people and a lot of adults that deal with mental health issues, and um, it's not just something that the world deals with. It's something that Christians deal with as well. And it doesn't mean that you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean that there is um, something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're not right with God. We battle. We battle uh, this flesh, and we have, we're weak, and uh, sometimes um, we just need help in certain areas. This is one that is really um, uh, taken, taken over our world. They say a um, um, number of young people now, even especially since COVID, is dealing with, with um, depression, anxiety, and many adults are dealing with these same things. And this will be a weekend, um, not one that says medication is bad and doctors are bad and it's all spiritual. We understand this. Some of it's spiritual. Other times it's physical. And uh, you have to have the right diagnosis to be able to deal with it. And um, we encourage that. We encourage you finding help. But this weekend will be a weekend where we deal with the spiritual side of things. And uh, I know it'll be a help and encouragement to you. Uh, and young people can go as well. So if you have some teenagers that you would like to be a part of that, um, my wife said to me last week, I think I want our girls to go to this. Maybe it's not them that's dealing with it at this time in their life, but maybe they have friends that they could be a blessing and a help to and encouragement to. So I know there'll be good information uh, for, for all of us. And then I want you to uh, be praying about that Sunday. Uh, Harley Snow will be here, not just on that Saturday, uh, but Sunday as well. We'll have one service, so everyone will be in here. One service at 10 o'clock uh, on the weekend of November 13th, so two weeks from today. We'll all be together, and uh, it'll be just kind of like our missions emphasis month. It's, it's just a lot easier to do one service since there's going to be so many special things in that service, trying to duplicate it. Uh, twice. Um, we'll, we'll just do it the one time. Everyone will be in here. We'll have Sunday school for the kids and, and uh, there'll be no adult classes that day. Everyone will be in here for the 10 o'clock service. And then um, Harley will be speaking to us. And so I'm really excited about that day. So you'd be praying about that if you would, please. All right. First Thessalonians chapter number two, first Thessalonians chapter number two. And um, let's begin reading 
if you'll follow along with me in verse number one. For yourselves, brother, know our entrance into you or unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that ye have suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not to deceit, nor unto cleanliness, nor in, God, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto, you, unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are, are witnesses, and God also, how holy and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when we receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which affectionately worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews." who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophet, have persecuted us, and they please not God, and contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endured the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown, or rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Look with me in verse number 20. For ye are our glory and joy. For ye are our glory and joy. Father in heaven, help us today, I pray. As we look into this passage of Scripture, Lord, we need your help. We need your encouragement. Lord, give us something that, uh, Lord, you had Paul write to this church that you want for us today in this church, in this time, in this generation. And so, Lord, we want to only hear from you. So I pray that you would use your spirit today to speak to our hearts. And I pray that we'd be obedient. And, Lord, we pray that Christ would be honored. And we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul continues this letter as we looked last week in chapter number one. Paul 
rejoices with this church, their testimony in Christ, the example that this church has had for the other churches around to follow. I want to remind you, as I mentioned last week, that this church is a very young church. This church is in its first, its infancy. It's only a few years old that Paul is writing to this church, and uh, they've, Paul has come. Paul has, has preached the gospel to them. Paul, we just read in chapter 2, has a desire to come back and, and see them. This church is encouraging uh, to the apostle Paul. This church is one that has set an example of the way that they're living, the way that they're uh, uh, behaving. They are anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. When Paul was there the first time and Paul began to teach them the gospel, they've heard the gospel for the very first time. And as they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, they received that gospel and by faith trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But one of the issues that this church has had is as Paul was teaching them the doctrine of salvation and then the return of Jesus Christ, these uh, uh, believers, they assumed that Jesus Christ was coming at that very moment. They would get saved, and now Jesus was going to come. But Jesus wasn't coming when they thought, and this brought some discouragement to this church because now they're dealing with great persecution. They're, they're burying people that they love. They're dealing with death. And some thought this, as they were saved, they were going to avoid death because Jesus was coming. Now they're dealing with death and they're dealing with suffering and they're dealing with persecution. And many of them are wondering, where is Jesus? And so Paul is writing back to the church to help encourage them to faithful in their uh, 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 diligence to God's Word, and to also let them understand that Jesus Christ, He is coming again. Don't, don't be discouraged that He didn't come today. He is coming again. So keep your eyes and keep your focus upon the return of Jesus Christ. I want you to see something here. Two verses I want you to see. In verse number one, Paul said this, For our, your, yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. The Apostle Paul is coming to the church here after leaving Philippi. When Paul was in Philippi, Paul suffered great persecution. Great discouragement. There was beatings and jailing and, and just a, a horrible, uh, uh, um, they were horribly received there in Philippi. They were run out of the city there. You remember the story when he was there in Philippi. If you read through the book of Acts, you would find that this was not uh, something that was encouraging to Paul. Although people were saved and although the, Paul saw the gospel work, Paul physically was challenged, Paul was persecuted, and this was a difficult season for Paul. Paul then comes to this church, and as Paul comes to this church with the same boldness and the same passion that he had in going to Philippi, this church received Paul, and they received the Word of God. I want you to see in verse number one, so Paul says, you have uh, allowed us to come in, and it was not in vain. In verse number 13, look with me here, he says this, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when we received, when ye received the Word of God, which you heard of us, you received it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, 
which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I want you to write this down today because I want to talk to you about this, the church that welcomed the truth. The church that welcomed the truth. The Apostle Paul is coming to Thessalonica. He's preaching with passion and boldness the Word of God. Paul understands that as he is traveling to these Gentile cities, as he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there's going to be great sorrow that can come to Paul. But this is not going to discourage Paul from preaching the gospel. Paul knows from experience that Paul is going to suffer great persecution. But this is not going to keep Paul from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is determined, no matter what happens to him, that he is going to stand before the people in these cities and he's going to proclaim the truth of the gospel. And what is going to encourage Paul, as Paul writes in chapter number 2, as he comes to this city after leaving Philippi and the discouragement that comes, he's encouraged because as he preached the truth of the gospel, they did not just take it as what man was saying. They understood what Paul was preaching to be the words, the very words of God. They understood this is not just man's philosophies. This is not just another of man's religions. This is not just something new that they wanted to hear that man has come up with. But as the Apostle Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, they had enough wisdom and they understood that Paul was not preaching his own words, but Paul was preaching the truth that could only come from God. And this encouraged Paul. And as I read through this chapter in our study through this book, the Lord just impressed upon my heart this, this title, The Church That Welcomed Truth. The Church That Welcomed Truth. The Apostle Paul arrives in Thessalonica. This difficult season that he has. As I mentioned, he's beaten in Philippi. He's jailed. What a difficult thing to endure. And sometimes as we read through the Bible, we, if we're not careful, we can just pass over some of the things that should just be so glaring to us. How many of us, if we were beaten, placed in jail, threatened, our, our message was mocked, it was hated, would pick up in one city and go to the set another city and preach the same exact thing with the same boldness. Well, this is what the Apostle Paul did. The Apostle Paul does this, and I want you to see, as we read in verse number 17, Paul says this, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. I want you to see in verse number 19 of this as well. For Paul says this, For what is our hope or joy or crown or rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Christ at his coming? And look what he says in verse number 20. For ye are our glory and joy. I want you to see something. This church, this church that welcomed truth, it encouraged the apostle Paul to continue to do what God has called him to do. 
Now, church, I don't want you to miss this because sometimes if we're not careful, we can just kind of go through and wonder, what is our actions? Does it really matter? Does it really matter that we serve Jesus? What is, the, what, is, what is really the purpose behind what we're doing? Is it making a difference and making an impact? And I want you to see in this chapter that this church, the way they dealt with truth, it encouraged the Apostle Paul to continue to preach. I want to remind you that Paul came from Philippi to Thessalonica. And then when Paul left Thessalonica, he didn't just end his gospel ministry, but Paul continued to go to city to city and place to place to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to say this to you today. I believe that Paul was continued to go forward because he was encouraged because this church welcomed truth. It encouraged him. My, my prayer, my hope, church, is this, that we might be a church that encourages the work of the Lord, that encourages the laborers that serve the Lord. I think of the things, the ways that we have done that and the ways that we can do that. This coming year again in, in March, we'll have a Missions Emphasis Month. In each one of those weeks, we'll bring in missionaries that are going to come in. And our goal, our goal ought to be to encourage each one of them to continue to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. We ought to be a church that's encouraging the work of the Lord. We ought to be a church that's encouraging the, the people of the Lord. In just a matter of a few weeks, all of us will be receiving a magazine, and we call it our annual Christmas offering. Our annual Christmas offering is not just another way for us to just to try to get more money into the church, because I want to remind you of this. What we receive in our annual Christmas offering, the great majority of it we give away is to those that are serving the Lord over the years. And this year, again, the same. We give it to ministries whose main focus is to serve people, to serve people so that they can give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, because each and every one of these missionaries and ministries that we support, they understand this. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is going to save souls. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is going to make a difference in someone's life. It's not just throwing money at a problem. It's not just putting man's wisdom on a problem, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we ought to be encouraging ministries, and we ought to be encouraging men and women of God to continue in the work of the Lord. Is our church a church like this church at Thessalonica that the truth of God's word has changed us so much that in return that we want the work of the Lord to go forth in places even apart from here? As our Christmas offering, as I mentioned, and again, it'll be this year, there'll be several ministries that we're supporting. In each one of these ministries are ministries where their passion is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to encourage these ministries as they receive those finances that we'll give from our Christmas offering. We want to encourage them for another year to stay encouraged to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, some of these ministries that we'll support, we may never know the people that they deal with. 
Right now in our world, abortion in, in life are big topics because of the election coming up. Well, I want you to understand this. We believe in life. We believe that's the, that is the biblical stand. And we can preach it, and we can say it, but church, we ought to put our money where our mouth is. We ought to live it out. And there are places around this world that are constantly, in this, around this country and in our own area, that are constantly under attack simply because they stand for life. There's death threats that come. There's vandalism that takes place. There's unkind statements that are made. And they're human beings that simply want to stand for truth. And we ought to be a church that encourages people to continue to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Missionaries around this world will support missionaries in our annual Christmas offering. There's missionaries that will go through satanic oppression. I want you to see, look with me if you would please in verse number 18. Because I believe that Paul sums this up so very well. He says, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But I want you to see what he says. Satan hindered us. See, Paul has a desire. Paul comes to this church. He establishes this church. He gives them the gospel. They welcome the truth. A church has started. They begin to grow. They have a passion for the gospel. They're willing and waiting for Jesus Christ to come. They're giving of themselves. They're growing as new believers and encouraging Paul. And Paul wants to come back to this church. Have you ever been to a place that you couldn't wait to leave? <laughs> the Apostle Paul said, we didn't want to leave. Our, our stay there was cut short in verse number 17. He says, and we're doing everything that we possibly can. And even says in this verse, even I, Paul. What is he saying there? Paul is saying, I'm not just wanting to send Timothy or Silas to you to encourage you so they can come back and tell me how you're doing. I want to be there myself to spend time with you, to see you, to be encouraged by you, and to encourage you in the work of the Lord. This was a place that the Apostle Paul loved to go. This was a people that encouraged the Apostle Paul to continue to move forward. But Paul says this, but Satan has hindered me. Church, never forget this, that Satan is our enemy. And Satan is trying to do everything that he possibly can to hinder the work of the Lord. Satan wants to do everything he can to stop a church that understands truth, a church that is passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ, to do everything he can to stop them from, from, from preaching the gospel, encouraging those that are preaching the gospel. And we need to recognize that he is our enemy. And he's trying to do everything he can to stop We've, over the years in our church uh, Christmas offering, we've supported uh, men and women, families that are planting churches across this country. 
one of the saddest things that I'm reading about America today is that America is becoming a mission field. This past week, this past week, I read an article that every month, 1,700 pastors resign and quit the ministry. But 1,700 churches now that need a pastor. I've told you this church, it's burdening my heart. I had someone call me yesterday and say, I was on the, doing some shopping with my, one of my daughters, Mackenzie, and she was in the car while I was speaking to someone, and they said, Pastor, we just wanted you to know that there is a, another church, and they told me the name of the church, and we just got word that they're closing down. This isn't someone in our church. It was someone that does not attend our church, but they called me and said, we know that your church has a, a passion to help churches and encourage churches. And they just wanted you to know that there's another church that's closing its doors. And we were wondering, is there anything that you guys can do about it? My passion was, well, Jeff, let's just have an 8.30, a 9.30, a 10.30, a 11.30, a 12.30, a 1.30, a 2.30, a 5.30, a 6.30 service, all these different churches. But you know what I realize? I can't do it my, myself. But our church needs to realize this. America is becoming a mission field. America used to be a nation where it sent missionaries around this world. Number one. America now is number 16 in sending missionaries around the world. That means this, there's 15 other nations that are sending more missionaries around the world than the United States. Matter of fact, what, what nations are doing now, they are sending missionaries to the United States to start churches. You've probably read this article too, it was on national news. They're saying in the next 25 years, Christianity is going to be a minority religion in this country. Less and less people are attending churches in this, this country than ever before. And these are statistics, church, that we could use, say, well, let's just hold the fort till Jesus comes, or we can say this, we have an enemy, Satan, that's doing everything that he can to try to destroy the work of the Lord in the church of the Lord, but we are not going to let him have a victory by the help of Jesus Christ and by the work of the Holy Spirit in his church that we are going to stand against the devil, and we are going to, with passion and with God's authority and with the Word of God, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and see churches revitalized and churches planted because we as a church are going to be like this church encouraging the work of God to continue even out of this place. I was encouraged and I've thought about this this past week, how many refugees this church helped when you gave to the Ukrainians that were refugees leaving re Ukraine because of the war. Several years ago, I got up. It was on a winter, a wintry day. A snowstorm swept through the northeast area of our country. 
And the Lord just that morning just put on my heart how many of these churches that are new churches that their pastor is 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 no church means no offerings came in and and he's I'm sure going to be wondering how are we going to continue this work and how are we going to continue to move forward? How are we going to pay the bills? And in that discouraging Sunday, looking and saying, Lord, why would you let a, a snowstorm come in on your day? I remember saying it to this church and I said, church, let's just be a blessing to as many churches in the Northeast, new churches, new church plants uh, that we can be in this church in a moment's notice with just a simple plea like that gave over $6,000 so that we could help churches. And we got a name of a dozen or so churches and gave each and every one of those churches the gift that you gave. And we got every one of them gave us letters back. And you would be surprised what a small offering like that, once you give it to a dozen churches, how it encouraged the men of God to continue to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in church. Let's not ever lose sight of that. Encourage the work of God and the people of God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives. Let's not lose sight of that. Church, never let us get to the place where we're so inward focused about what we have, about building a kingdom for ourselves, that we lose sight that our goal is to bring, build the kingdom of God not of man. I was encouraged even this week, this, this today, I guess, or tomorrow is the last day of Pastor Appreciation Month, and I've been encouraged by the notes and the cards that you've given. It encourages people, and I want to encourage you, church, continue to be a church that encourages the work of the Lord. It matters. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number 14. Are you with me this morning? Verse number 14, the Bible says this, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which is in Judea, or in Christ Jesus. Look what he says, For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. I want you to see this. Because they... Because they were a church that welcomed the truth, it gave them strength in times of troubles. Not only were those like the Apostle Paul and those that were missionaries and, and, and preachers discouraged because of the Satan working against them, but I want you to see here as well that Satan was working against this church as well. You know what, church, I realize this. Satan doesn't just want to destroy my family. He wants to destroy yours as well. It's not just missionaries that suffer. So do you. This church here was going through great suffering. Here they were just living their life and everything was fine. And this man by the name of the Apostle Paul comes and preaches the gospel and they believe what he preaches. And now all of a sudden everything's going wrong. They're suffering persecution. They're going through difficulties. 
You know, someone might say this, well, you know what, if you want all your problems to go away, just become a follower of Jesus Christ and you'll be rich and you'll be blessed. Stay as far away from those preachers as you possibly can. That's a prosperity gospel preaching. And if that's the only reason that you want to receive Christ, you're not receiving the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You're receiving a genie that'll give you all your wishes. To, to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are also going to receive suffering. Jesus suffered for us. Listen, here in this church, here they were going through great suffering. He says, for ye also have suffered like things. You're also going through problems. You're also going through difficulties. And I want you to see something here. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. They didn't stop serving the Lord. The church didn't fold. They believed the word of the truth, and it encouraged them to be strengthened in times of trouble. The church ought to be a place where you're strengthening each other because your foundation is the Word of God. This world and Satan can throw at us whatever it wants, but our cornerstone is Jesus Christ. Our foundation is the Word of God. We believe that God is an authority. We believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And because of that, we can face the suffering. We can face the problems. We can face the pressures of this world. Why? Because victory is ours because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And because they believe that, during times of trouble, they encouraged each other. This is a nurturing church. This church would be a life-giving church. And oh, God would allow our church to be as this church, a nurturing church. I want you to know this. Every single person in this church is going through some kind of trouble. Be nice. Everybody is going through some kind of difficulty. Be life-giving. Take a second and look all around you. You're looking at a bunch of hurting people. This week, they're wondering, how are some bills going to be paid? This week, they visited doctors. This week, we had a funeral where Molly Kirvin at the, at the, uh, stood at the graveside of another one of our church members and tried to minister to a hurting family. I come in on Sunday mornings and I shake hands with people that have buried loved ones that are going through hurt. Their hearts are broken. Listen to me. I want you to know that church ought to be a place when people come. It's a life-giving place. It's a place where we encourage. It's a place where we pray. It's a place where people come and find strength. See, they treated each other with care and love. These were young believers. And they were encouraged to stay focused on the gospel. Look with me again, if you would, please, in verse number 12. Paul says this, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. This is Paul's prayer. 
Why? Because he realizes this. With all the pressures and all the persecution and all the problems and all the frustrations and all the things that we're going to endure that this world is going to throw at us just simply living in this world, how difficult it's going to be. He's reminding them, keep your eyes and your focus upon the kingdom of heaven. And then we've got an enemy, Satan, who's doing everything he can to destroy, to cause confusion, to get you shipwrecked. And he's encouraging the church. He says that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Paul is saying to them simply this, I want you to stay encouraged. I want you to stay focused on the things of truth. I want you to stay focused on the gospel and never lose sight of heaven. Hear me today, many of you in this room are going through trials of your life. And I'm not minimizing your trial. I know it's difficult. I know that it's heavy. I know the doctor's report or the financial state you're in or the dealings you're having in family and how difficult it may be. But I want you to believe this and I want you to uh, sink your anchor into this truth that the Bible tells us that there's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to come for his bride. We are going to be in heaven where there's no more sorrow. There's no more tears. We are going to be face to face with Jesus Christ. That is our hope. That is our glory. And that is our future. Stay in the fight, my friend. Stay encouraged. The church ought to be a place of healing. The church ought to be a place where we see God's grace. You see, each of us find life difficult. Each of us have trials. But this church embraced the truth. And because they embraced the truth, it affected how they dealt with others. The most kindest people, your best friends, your life-giving friends ought to be the people you come in contact with here in this place to support you to encourage you, to strengthen you. You see, the world is unkind. Look with me in verse number 14. He says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which is in Judea, are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. By who? The ones who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. There are people out there who on purpose try to hurt on purpose, try to stop the things of God. Look what he says in verse 16, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles this is what their goal is. We don't want you to speak to the Gentiles because why? That they might be saved. They're trying to stop the gospel message of Jesus Christ. To fill up their sins always. For the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. What is Paul saying? There's a world that's unkind. There's a world that is evil. There's a world that is on purpose trying to stop the things of God. 
But I want you to see this. Look with me in verse number 17. But he says, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. What are you saying? We're not there physically, but you're on our heart. Endeavored the more abundantly to see you, your face with great desire. What Paul was saying is this. You give us inspiration. You give us joy. The world may be unkind, verse 14, 15, and 16, but the people of God are encouraging. He says, we want to see you face to face. What gave them this kind of testimony? What gave this church this kind of inspiration, this kind of encouragement? I want you to see with me again in verse number 13, and we'll see the reason. Paul said, for this cause also, thank God we, we, got, uh, thank we God without ceasing. This is why. Because when ye receive the word of God that ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is the truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. What was he saying? The word of God worked on them. The word of God changed them. They hungered for the word of God and it changed them. How can we be a church that encourages the people of God? How can we be a church that encourages each other? How can we be this type of church? Church, it only comes when we have a hunger for the word of God. It doesn't come because we're good human beings. You know why? Because we're all wicked. We all have flesh. How many of you this past week, you let your emotions dictate your behavior? How many of you realized you were wrong? Because you're human. You get your feelings hurt. But these people, they hunger for the word of God. And because they had a hunger for the word of God, it changed them. This was a church that the word of God had great impact upon them. Oh, listen to me, church. In this generation, if we are going to make a difference, if we are going to make an impact, and I believe that we can because it's not by our strength or by our might, but because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, by his spirit, we can be what God wants us to be be in this generation, but it's not because of who we are. It's our dependence totally upon him. Churches don't have to fail. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still powerful. People are still receiving Jesus Christ as their, as their Savior. I want to encourage you with what the Word of God says. Jesus says, the fields are white unto harvest, but the labors are few. Oh, don't get, don't get sucked into this. That Christianity, just because the news report says that it's a dying religion, just because churches are closing down, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that God has lost His power. It doesn't mean that we have to just go the way of the statistics. We can with great force, we can with great power, believing in the power of the gospel, go forth and see God do great things. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe it? But there must be a hunger for the word of God. 
This church was changed because of the word of God, not because of their own wisdom, not because of their own finances, not because of their own riches, not because of their own talent, but they hungered and they depended upon the word of God. It was the word of God that was their source. So much that Paul, coming to them discouraged by what he dealt with with Philippi, he was blessed by them. Look with me again in verse number 20. He says this, For ye are our glory and joy. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful statement that someone could make about a church? For you. For you are our glory and joy. And so what gave them this kind of testimony? The Word of God worked in them. The Word of God changed them. They hungered for it. And secondly, the realization that Jesus Christ is coming again. Look with me in verse number 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? What is it? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Listen to me, Paul knows this. I might not see you. He says, I want you to come. But Satan is hindered. But you know what Satan's not going to be able to hinder? The return of Jesus Christ. You know what Satan's not going to be able to hinder? The great reunion that we're going to have in heaven one day. As we sit at the feet of Jesus, thanking him for the great salvation we have because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We are whiter than snow, and heaven is our home because of Jesus Christ. Satan might think that he has power upon this earth, but one thing that Satan will never do is stop our Lord Jesus Christ from his return. Oh, we can rejoice, Christian. This was a church that the Word of God impacted them, and this was a church that they kept their focus on the return of Jesus Christ. Keep your mind on heavenly things. Are you allowing the truth of God's word to impact your life? And how is the word of God changing you? You see, there was a stark difference between those that sought to hurt Paul and those that purposely brought Paul joy. Church, I want us to decide today to allow the Word of God to impact us. Let's decide today to become a church that encourages the work of God as this church did in Thessalonica. Next week, I want you to pray if you would. I was... Spent some day, some time with one of my daughters yesterday. So they're privy to some conversations that I have, not all, but some. And she heard me on the phone with one of the people there at Bono Baptist Church, and they said this with almost a shaky voice. She, they said this, I can't believe your church is willing to use the resources that God has blessed you with to help strengthen us. And my daughter had no idea. I mean, she's heard this, but we haven't sat down as a family and talked about it necessarily. And 
So when I hung up the phone, she said, Dad, what's that all about? One of my daughters said this. I don't want to, Dad, I don't want you to go to Bono and preach because I don't want to move. <laughs> Last time you went to a church in Ohio, we moved there. <laughs> I said, don't worry, we're not moving. She said, Dad, what, what's going on? I said, babe, there's just a church that needs our help. They don't want to die. But they're not sure what to do. So they're looking for help so they can continue. Next week, I'm going to preach there. We'll have a morning service, an afternoon service, a lunch in between. And I'm going to spend some time trying to lay out some, some vision for the church. And I'm going to ask a church, our church here, I'd love if there were a dozen or so people from our church that would be willing to go. I know what you're thinking, just bring your family. I want a dozen besides my family. Just to go be a blessing. To, to go be a church from Thessalonica that says we're here to encourage you to continue in the work of the Lord? What do we get out of it? Nothing on this side of glory. But that's not what we're doing it for. We're doing it because Jesus Christ is worthy. What I said to this church, I'd be willing to help every two months or so that I'd come and preach for them on a Sunday morning. I told them I'd come and preach for them on a Sunday night. I told them that we would fill the pulpit. Jeff Kaminsky has agreed to for the months of November and December to go and fill their pulpit and preach for them every Sunday. And with this shaky voice, they said, I can't believe You would give of yourselves so that we don't have to die. And church, I want you praying that God would let us be this church at Thessalonica that kept our focus on the things of God, kept our focus on the Word of God, encouraged the people of God to continue. Would you pray? If there's any area in your life that God's word needs to impact you and change you, would you let it today? So that we could be a church that God can use to be a lighthouse in this area and all throughout the world. You say, well, we can't go throughout the world. No, but we can send those that do. We can encourage those that do. We can strengthen those that do. So that God's kingdom is enlarged. And so that the glory of Jesus Christ is seen. And so that the souls of mankind that without Jesus Christ will spend eternity in the devil's hell will know the truth. 
and spend all of eternity with their creator, God. Is he worthy, church? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.